Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, welcome into the Auburn Live show, the Modcast edition. If you're not a member of AuburnLive.com, please go subscribe. 50% off right now. Um, I never know when they're going to pop these flash sales up. So if you see it, go go take advantage, 50% off, auburnlive.com. It's going to be a good time to do it. There's going to be a lot happening with Auburn football over the next couple of months. Um, and, then of course, basketball gets going in uh, October, November, in a month. Basketball starts in a month. Uh, so just go subscribe to auburnlive.com. Uh, we would appreciate it. All right, got the whole crew here, Jeffrey Lee, Cole Pinkston, Keith Niebuhr. How is everybody doing on this? We record on Thursday mornings. I guess I can just let that out of the bag. How's everybody doing on this Thursday morning? I am. I'm relieved, man. <laughs> I, I'm sure all of us are, right? That that five-game homestand is over. That was weird. That was a lot of home games. It was around. too much. It was too much. I'm, I'm too old for that. <laughs> I think fans a lot of credit. I honestly thought there'd be a little fatigue and really – you know, like Missouri showed up better than I thought. LSU was a great atmosphere. I mean, they they really did. They really showed up five weeks in a row. Well, Saturday night was fantastic. It was everything you thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Jeffrey. I'm looking forward to the away game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, it's a tough task. First road game of the year. Robbie's first start, road start of his career. 
uh, against number two Georgia. How um, how how mundane is our attitudes considering Auburn Georgia is Saturday at two thirty on the CBS network? Yeah. It's just and we're like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm ready for a bye week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really am. I am ready for the bye week. It's just there's too much going on. It's it's not yes. that it's not just the uh, it's not just the team struggling. It's the team struggling. A coaching change is going to happen. AD search is going on. There's just so much going on that it's like the uh, the thought about on the field is just part of the equation. Yeah. Um, well, everything is in limbo, right? I, I, I thought it was fair of you yesterday, Justin, just to, like you said, to start the conversation of of what, what could potentially happen here. And if that's the case, and I, we can't find anybody that doesn't believe that there's going to be a coaching change, I, I can't, then it's almost a moot point of the on-the-field products, the recruiting boards and all of that because – in the end, it's just going to be a big reset if, in fact, a change does occur. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So it's just kind of this weird, uh, <clears throat> weird um, space we're in. I don't really remember. You know, I mean, obviously, I've I've only been in this a, a, a relatively short period of time covering. I don't know that there's been a time. I mean, think back to Chiswick when 2012 was imploding. Um, I mean, he finished the season just getting crushed, but he finished the season, um, and you just knew there was a change going to be made after the year. I guess it's just you had Malzahn for such a long period of time that in that span of midseason, when midseason changes started to happen, Auburn wasn't in the market for one, and now they are, and now you just now you just openly you're just openly talking about it. I mean, it's just so different, right? Um, well, especially since yeah, you make a great point, Justin. Especially since there's already been. So- a handful of firings already this season, which we used to never see this early in the year. I mean, the guy at Wisconsin's got a, you know, Paul Chris had a, I mean, a pretty good record there. Uh, you know, obviously the recruiting had dipped in recent years, but uh, Carl Durrell already getting fired at Colorado. It used to be, you're right, it used to be people would wait till the end of the year. It didn't matter if you were just getting slaughtered left and right. The only way usually they would fire you is if there was other stuff going on and they had to get rid of you during the season. And now schools are just saying, you know what, let's just bite the pill right now. Let's just take our medicine and get this search started and get everything kind of moving in that direction so it doesn't all happen uh, haphazardly and you only have a couple, you know, uh, seven to 14 days really to get it all done. Now you can get all your ducks in, in a row and, and all that, but it's it's crazy right now. It is. And maybe that's why Brand- maybe Brandon Council felt sorry for everybody. Uh <laughs> when he ran, when he ran his mouth a little bit yesterday, mm-hmm. maybe he wanted to spice things up a little bit. <laughs> he said, yeah, I, I joked with somebody, and this is a joke. Just relax. But I was like, I, Brandon just must really not like Brian Harson. He's just like, how do I speed this process up? Sabotage. Sabotage. No, but that was yeah. What a what a. You brought it up, Keith. But my gosh, Brandon Council. I, you know he he. Uh, that's kind of how he is. Like yeah, I remember him in interviews in the past, and he's just he's a little, you know, a little confident and a little, you know, he likes to talk a little bit. I mean, it's just kind of I'm not surprised he said something like that. He's not a he's not a trash talker, but he just when he said that, I was like, oh my gosh, man. I, mean, I think his confidence is a big reason why he continued to win the starting job even when people were like, surely you know he he's not going to win it again. He did because he was confident in practice and he just has that 
has that attitude about him, and that's why he wins. That's why he wins the starting job. He's doing really good at center, at least to start with. So maybe that's uh, maybe that's his place. But <laughs> well, was it was it against Penn State when that attitude got the best of him? Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, Cole, you watch those games a lot closer than I do, and I've seen not just a personal foul penalty from Council. I've seen a couple other times where he probably could have gotten one. And and he's uh, when it gets chippy down there, I usually see his number somewhere near where where, where the where the yelling and screaming is going on. And, and maybe that's you, not a bad thing. You know, uh, he has been more aggressive lately, uh, just in general. Before, after the whistle, whatever you want to call it, both probably not the best way to be. But I think it has a lot to do with his conditioning. Because when we saw him in fall camp, I thought he was moving a little bit slow. I thought he was, you know, uh, breathing hard all the time and. Now he seems to be in better condition, and, and he's he's got that attitude back, and that's that always helps. So I, I think he needs to calm down a little bit after the whistle, and do it all before the whistle. You know, that's that's where you uh you have the free reign to do whatever you want to do to your opponent. Don't do it after the whistle. That would be my only advice to Brandon. Hey, well, that and that and and choose your words carefully. I mean, there's no yeah. excuse for him to come out and say what he did. None. That was that was stupid. Well, I find it interesting that he was chosen to speak. And then, well, that, that won't happen again. He was the honorary <laughs> honorary captain last week, if I'm not mistaken. Or is he this week? Or is he this week? I saw it somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's like I get the confidence, man, but that's just not. I'm just not a big subscriber to that, especially when you're a big underdog. There's no reason uh, to go out there and say something like, if we keep them out of the third down packages, we can demolish them. Of all the positions that Auburn talking shit, the <laughs> offensive line. Are you kidding me? Like, like Tank Bixby is 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 getting hit as soon as he gets the ball every game, and you're going to talk about having the capability of demolishing anybody, um, and it just it's just it's just a dumb thing to say, man. Especially being the underdog, just play it up, man. Georgia's amazing, right? We're going to do the best we can, you know. Yeah. You don't come on talking about the SWAT team. We're going to be the SWAT team. We're going to come in quietly. All that shit. That was ridiculous. Talk man. about poking the bear. He took the branding iron out of the coals. <laughs> walked over there and just... <laughs> Against yeah, the hoping. team that just almost lost. And mm. certainly Kirby Smart's got their attention after that loss and this week. Like, they're already going to be on hype. Right. Like, As if they couldn't good. be more motivated. Yeah, it's just a dumb... I mean, like, Georgia's good. It's not like I'm... It's not like Brandon's words are going to affect Auburn's ability to win. Auburn's a 30-point underdog. But it's just a it's just a principle of thing to get out there and and uh, you have a chance to speak to the media as a sixth year senior to come out there and say isn't, something isn't like a, that. Just, isn't he a seventh year senior? Yeah, my, well he might be, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's on that J Lee track. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> red shirt, medical red shirt. Same, Jeffrey same. Um yeah, little Van Wilder. So look, you don't uh you don't poke the bear, right? It, you you hope that a team like Georgia sleepwalks into the game, but uh, now you've wake, you've awoken them, and that's not good. <laughs> yeah, I just and have that attitude. Is if your team has that attitude, then talk that junk at practice. That's fine. Walk in there with the attitude of like we're going to beat their ass, but the, to to come out and say it, it's just a, that does zero good. That does that does nothing for you at all. It just puts it puts more pressure on you, puts more of a target on your back. It's just a Yes, yeah, it's, it's like okay. the Vandy guy saying, Bama, you're next, after they won a game that, they, you know. <laughs> like, like Jeff and Cole walking into a bar 15 years ago with a bunch of Playboy playmates saying, I'll take her and I'll take her. <laughs> they walk out together 
and say, let's go to Waffle House and, and <laughs> you know, get, a, get, a, get some scrambled eggs. You know? Right, right at the Wesley's. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh... You, you know, you guys mentioned, Cole, you mentioned something interesting. You said that Council didn't look like he was physically... Uh, what, what, what were you saying about... Well, was, he was coming like, off of an injury where he, you know, okay. he had that boot on his left or right leg, I can't remember. And uh, he just looked a little bit out of shape just in fall camp practices to me. You know, all the heat that Auburn's taken, and Justin, I've, I've been, I wrote this down, I wanted to ask you this this week, all the heat that the staff is taking for this stretch of second-half misery uh, of games dating back to what the Ole Miss game last year where they haven't been able to produce any really any points and, and you know against power five teams. And so my question to you, Justin, is, you know, we hear whenever there's a new strength staff at a school that they're always going to be better than the old staff. And right now the coaching staff is getting – the coaches are getting a lot of heat for this, and deservedly so. But does the strength staff – do they – I mean, are they well, – you, 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 you get where I'm going here? Like yeah. what – how accountable are they right now for the fact that this has not only not been a second-half team since the middle of last season, they've been the opposite of that. And I'm wondering if they're kind of – I, again, you know, we're not pointing fingers here, but I, I, I mean, I guess we sort of are because, you know, what's how does it how we is do. this happening? We, you know, we, is it all play calling? Is it all execution? Is it or is it is it a combination of things, including they're just not in as good a shape as they as they need to be, or maybe used to? Yeah, be? I, I don't really, uh, I don't really think that's the case. Okay. I mean, I, I, I think it's a fair question. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to throw it out there. I think it's a fair question. I mean, it's it's I, I've thought about it. Um, but I don't see like you don't see they're not they're not like a different team in terms of they're just giving up getting their ass kicked in the second half like they're just dog tired. It's not really that. It's just it's literally offensive execution. It's well, literally. other than the Penn State game, they did look a little. I thought they looked a little. Yeah, gap. but but the defense. If you go back, defense kept them in South Carolina. Defense kept them in yeah, Alabama as long true. as they that's could. True. You know. It's just – it literally is just the offensive execution that is just mind-blowing. It's actually really not the more I thought about it, by the way. They can't – Auburn can't run the football consistently, okay, even going back to last year. If you can't run the ball consistently, that puts so much pressure on the ability to make big plays in the passing game, which Auburn's never been that great at. And so you have well, – we can't run the ball consistently. So, so what happens is in the first half of these games, whether it's Bo Nix or Robbie Ashford – you create some explosive plays. Maybe it's scrambling, you catch the defense off guard, whatever. You create some plays. Well, we all know that's not sustainable. Like, your offense can't be big plays, passing game. And no run game, no consistency in the passing game, just big explosive plays. Like, that's not a sustainable thing. So the big plays happen. Cool, great. They produce some points. They produce some yards. But at some point, the defense is going to adjust. At some point, your execution is going to drop off, and you're going to miss some passes. You're going to miss blocks. It's going to go like this, and then you can't run the ball. So then, when that when those don't happen, you go to running the ball. You can't. You can't do it consistently. And so, just like that, your offense goes from, you know, you think you're doing these great things, and it looks like nothing. When when the reality, like I was telling people at halftime of LSU, I'm like, just watch. I'm like, you could just look at the stats and go, Auburn's got 17 points, but look at look at the big plays. Look at how they're happening. They're actually trailing off towards halftime. You could see the the big plays were less. Robbie Ashford's big passing plays had become less as it got close to halftime. If you look at the rushing yards, they're not there. 
it's being hidden because Auburn hit some big passing plays. You can just see it coming. And as soon as the second half comes, they adjust. They don't allow big plays. You still can't run the ball consistently. And, and there you go. You can't, you can't, you can't make third downs, and, and the second half looks like a disaster. I mean, it's really not, it's not rocket science in terms of how, why it's happening. And, and if you're Auburn, you know, we keep asking Brian Harson, why is it happening or fix it? I don't know what he can do to fix it unless they can all of a sudden start to run the football, which can allow them to do different things. If they can't do that, when, when teams have eight men in the box and they know what's coming, if they can't run the football, it's, it's, then this is just going to continue. It's going to continue. There's not a whole lot the staff could – it's still their fault. It's still scheming. It, like third down conversions, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, some of the third down stats in the second half are insane. They're converting 19% on third down in this stretch of ball games we're talking about. That, like, that's scheming. You know, you have a third and five. Can you just dial up a play, execute it, and convert a third down? Like that stuff. But consistently, it's not really going to change unless they get a personnel change. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I, I've brought this up before, but when you watch that 2012 team, you knew – you knew every single time the offense hit the field, they were not about to do anything. They were about to go three and out. Very rarely would they can, you know, sustain a drive in that year. I'm talking about every game. Games that they should have won. You know, games that they probably had better talent than the other team. But you look at this team, and they, they can move the ball at times where it doesn't seem so dry on offense, where they actually do sustain drives at times. It does go off in the second half, like you're saying, but – it's it is uh turnovers. To me that's the one thing that, that stops them. And then you got you got Honors Carlson missing a few field goals, which is who who would have thought that? That's the crazy thing to me. And he's missed some field goals in the second half and just, you know, ruined what could have been a, a point scoring drive for Auburn and then the momentum you can just feel it shift back the other way when that happens. You can feel the momentum shift when they get the turnovers. You can feel it especially in the stadium, and it's it's just that's kind of what the problem has been, in my opinion, from studying it really closely. But the offense, they still, you know, they still have success in the second half, whereas maybe the 2012 team was not at all. That's, that's what my observation has been on it, and it's interesting to me. The turnovers are part of it. I mean, that, that doesn't help. I mean, I think, I've, I think, let's see, we got – we had 18, 18 games under Harson. They turned the ball over 14 times uh, in 14 games of the 18 under Harson. They've turned it over. They've, they've, I think they've had five multi-turnover games in only three, three or four games where they haven't turned it over. Um, so it's the turnovers has become an absolute trend under Brian Harson. That doesn't help. Mm. You can't overcome that. Like you could, college football is crazy. I mean, you could sometimes overcome. I mean, look, Auburn was in that game with four. They were minus four at one point on the turnover margin and still with a chance to win the game. But when your offense is the way Auburn's is, it just it makes the margin so freaking narrow, if not impossible, to overcome when you do, when you do that. But it's just, they're, they're, again, the second half stuff is, I mean, you can, you can, you can basically just predict it. Now, Georgia might be different because who knows? It might be 31 nothing at halftime. And Georgia might 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 call off the dogs to some degree in the second half, and you might create some plays. Um, but in in competitive games where you're trying to win, is when all those bad stretches were happening. And it's just, you know, it's just I, again I go back to if teams start to adjust to your pass game, okay, well we can go to the run game. 
or if, we, if, if teams adjust to your run game, okay, we can go to a pass. Auburn doesn't have any of that. So as soon mm-hmm. as Auburn, as soon as the team adjusts to the one thing you're doing, or oh, they got a couple of big plays in the passing game, whatever they come up with, they adjust to it. That's it. That's well, I don't know if y'all heard the LSU DB who said, yeah, they ran that play a bunch of times. That's why I jumped that play. Yeah, Greg Brooks. Yeah, spacing was the concept. I've yeah. looked at it a bunch of times, and I had it counted eight times in the game that they ran it. And eight of those times, six they completed. But, you know, if you've seen it that many times on defense, eventually they're going to they're gonna figure it out. Yeah, they ate, they, they ate him up with that. You know, they did. A little, little hook route, little curl route. Yeah, little two two hitches, and then you got a flat route going out there. And they hit the flat route, they hit the hitch, they hit every route on that that play, you know, at least twice. <laughs> they went to the hitch about four times, and that last time, you know, the DB was sitting there waiting on it. He'd seen it a hundred times already, basically, and he'd seen it on film beforehand. So that's uh, you know, that's one of the things in the second half. Maybe they're not adjusting, and maybe they're not changing many play calls, and. Uh, the defense is adjusting and saying, okay, we've seen that. We're ready for it next time. Hey, they've run it eight times. <laughs> well, you know what I took away from that quote was it was Greg Brooks Jr.? Yeah, Greg Brooks Jr. That's, that's when I realized how old I am. <laughs> Keith, were you around for Greg Brooks's recruitment? I wasn't, no. Dre Kirkpatrick Jr. is now yeah. a top recruit. <laughs> I was going to ask Cole this. You know, with Ashford, it, it did seem like did you, did you think the offense was opened up a little more last week? In other words, Robbie Ashford with an extra week, they were able to do some more things. Are we going to see a more expansion, more expansion of that this week? I think they opened it up in, in the regard that they went shotgun probably eighty five percent of the time, which I don't think Ashford did well under center, and obviously the run game's not doing well under center. So they opened it up in that regard. When when we're talking about them running the same play over and over, that's where they go, okay, maybe maybe this is what Ashford can do and we probably shouldn't go past this. That's kind of the – that's what I got from – and that wasn't the only play they ran multiple times. They ran uh, a couple of other concepts more than three or four times. So really, the second half, I mean, I counted the same three concepts over and over, passing routes. Uh, just maybe they thought, hey, this is what Ashford can do. Let's not let's not push it. Let's not push yeah, it. If he's I don't know. I don't know how much I. I mean, I don't know how much I fault. So you have Robbie Ashford, who's still learning the position and learning the playbook, and you're trying to figure out what he's comfortable with. You know, if if there's concepts or plays that he's comfortable with, and they've worked during the game, you know, you g- would go back to things you do. I mean, I, I, to me, it's. You would like more of a variety, yes. You would love to have Robbie Ashford know a ton of different things and be able to execute a ton of different things really well. That's ideal, right? Uh, but given the situation they're in, it's kind of not where they're at. So did they call it too many times? Maybe. I, I, I don't know. Like I sort of give credit to Greg Brooks for reading it and making a freaking play. And, and maybe, sure. that's on, maybe that's where Robbie Ashford or something just goes – Hey, we maybe that's something where they need to say, hey, as we run these plays more often, Robbie, you need to be watching. And and if you know, I don't know, maybe it's maybe Robbie just and Rob, look, Robbie stared at the receiver down. He stared at Quimmore. He made it. Greg Greg Brooks read it, but it didn't help that it didn't help that he stared at Quimmore the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he he hit him the last three times. 
he was already crashing up. Like he was already moving up. So I don't fault the play call all that much. So like the comment kind of made it sound like the coaches are idiots or something. I don't, I don't well, think I, it's that way. I think it's something where, you know, Auburn's trying to call the plays that are that are good for Robbie and have been successful. Yeah. Rob, that's to me that's kind of one on Robbie. He stared the receiver down, and it, he should have he should have gone somewhere else. That's, he also awesome. he also threw it behind him. Uh, yeah, a little bit. A lot of people don't really see that, but I watched the sky cam. That's the one I was watching the sky cam, and it's got the back view, and he threw it behind Moore when Moore was drifting the other way and. Yeah. You know, if he put it if he puts it in front of him or on his body, it's probably not an interception. It's probably a catch. So that's another thing. But again, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Brooks because he did make a good play on that. Big play, man. Yeah, <clears throat> that was a really great play. Um, what else stood out about this LSU game? Um, I mean, defense played well. I mean, the last two games, defense is forced. I don't remember. I looked it up, but a lot of punts. I mean, they they've basically done their job and. Um, I mean, to hold LSU. Now, there were some drops in that game. Jaden Daniels wasn't particularly accurate. Yeah. Um, but, but regardless, you know, bad, bad numbers for LSU's quarterbacks. I mean, they didn't even throw for 100 yards. LSU threw for five yards in the second half or fourth quarter. Second five yards? I didn't realize that. I, they, I, yeah, LSU – I don't have my stats in front of me. Um, they threw for five yards – in the second half, I'm going to make sure I've got this right because I've got it right here in front of me. Second half, passing yards. LSU, two for nine passing in the second half for five yards. Jeez. Auburn lost that football game. I'll tell you what stood out to me. That's that's not the same LSU team we're used that's to seeing. No, no, no. Yeah, no. I mean, we're, I, I can't remember a group of receivers at LSU as mediocre, as pedestrian as that group. Coy Moore was right. Maybe Coy Moore was like, yeah, exactly. He, he he wasn't. Butte, I don't know what's going on with Butte. I mean, something's going on with him. He's he's talented. He he's looks like uh, he doesn't care out there. To be honest. Yeah, with it's, it's, yeah. it's weird. Um, but I boy, it's a whole thing to five passing yards in this day and age of college football. I don't even know how that's <clears throat> remotely possible to do to have five yards passing and a half. Um, but Auburn. Auburn and LSU managed to do it, and Auburn loses that football game. Um, what else? Anything else? Anything else? Just jump out about how that game played out that surprised you, or Marcus like Bragg? I thought Marcus Bragg played well. I thought Colby Wooden finally played up to his standard. I mean, they're going to have to <laughs> without Leota. They have got to um, figure it out there because that is a big loss. And uh, when I saw him, I was standing down there on the in the end zone, and Leota walks by me with that sling on. I was like, "Oh no, that's not good. That is not good." So um, I would not be surprised to see Colby Wooden, you know, used as more of a pass rusher now that they don't have Leota. Um, obviously, we didn't, we still didn't see a lot of Dylan Brooks, so I I don't he's think I would ready. expect him clearly. He's clearly not not ready. I mean, they're clearly not ready to put him out there for any extended period of time. Pass rush is still pretty good. It was still pretty good. Dylan Brooks just ran by my window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's so thin, man. He is yeah. so Joker lanky. Willis too. Joker Great Willis too. day. Yeah, that's the thing with Dylan. I think that's what they're worried about. He can, he can do he can play a few snaps, but he's just uh he's not prepared to go in there at the point of attack and be 
and be a, a physical guy. That, that's just not a good. So, do you expect Colby to pl- to slide out more? Cole, well, the depth chart. The depth chart. I mean, the depth chart hinted at that. I mean, the depth chart we got on Monday <clears throat> had uh, Colby Wooden at defensive end, mm-hmm. had Jason Jones and Marcus Harris in the middle, and Derek Hall at edge. Now, Colby said on Wednesday they they'll still play a lot of their traditional three sure. four. Um, but yeah, it's, there's no doubt it's going to change where Colby's. I mean, they're going to have to. They just don't. Uh, yeah, Marcus Bragg is okay. Marcus Bragg's fine. He doesn't have anywhere close to the the, the explosiveness that Eku has. I mean, that Marcus is better at the point of attack, but he doesn't have the speed. So they're going to have to figure that out. Well, he was he, he again. He was going against a freshman tackle too, and uh, he he didn't show me any moves or anything. He just bull rushed the guy and ended up in the backfield a couple times. Because I guess they were trying to make a point, like Jaden, you need to stand in there and actually throw it instead of just run it every time. <laughs> so that helped him out a lot. George is not going to be the same. Their their offensive line's a lot better at the tackles. So, uh, you know, I, I'm curious to see how he handles that. But it would only make sense that Colby Wooden goes to edge and helps out there and does both. I mean, he should never leave the game, really, ideally. And. You know, I actually think that him playing edge could maybe unleash a little something from him. I, I, sometimes he looks like he's uh, taken out of the play when he's having to go against double teams because it's not really – I don't think it's really what he should be doing. I agree. So put him at edge and see what happens. I, I mean, he's a he's a pretty good pass rusher. I agree with that comment. Colby's he's fantastic player and makes a bunch of plays. There are times, though, Cole, I, I agree, where – um, you know, what is he about? I mean, he's 290-ish, you know, whatever. There's times where I feel like he gets caught up in double teams or moved a little bit. Yeah. Maybe just he's not that traditional big lower body, hard to move. He's just really athletic right. in, that, in that role, and which makes him good. But there are times. So I am curious to see how he does. At, um, you know, it makes me think of it. It's funny that it's going to the Georgia game. It makes me think of back in um, – it's a little different, but um, – like I think it was 2007, Auburn had Auburn moved Quentin Groves to linebacker uh-huh. that game. They moved him to outside linebacker a little bit, and he started standing up and just hmm. trying to get more pass rush. Um, of course, Auburn got smoked in that game. That was the blackout game. Oh gosh! Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's interesting. I, that'd be cool to see maybe Colby Wooden at defensive end. Although Jason Jones hasn't been. He's, that's kind of been my fear with him. He, he's a big guy, but he has not been anything special. He, he's not. He, he's maybe hard to move a little bit sometimes, but he's not. He doesn't do a whole lot for me. So yeah. I don't know yeah. how long you can just leave him in there and, and hope to not get run on. Yep. How about the secondary, man? You talk about LSU being 2 of 9 for 5 yards in the second half. The secondary played fairly well, did they not? Yeah, I think they've played well all year. Man, that first couple games was like, you know, even 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 Harson came out and was like, yeah, we need a little bit more. Stuff's too easy in those first two games. There's, both those guys completed a lot of passes. I think both those quarterbacks completed twenty plus passes. But uh, past few games have been really good. DJ James getting better, um, and then of course Jalen and Nehemiah are pretty good. You've seen a lot more Paulman, a little bit less Caden Bridges. So they they yeah. seem to yeah. be finding, finding their. Their groove a little bit. A little rotation. Well, that I tell you from Keontae Scott, they said, okay, that guy's got to be on the field. So let's put Kaufman back at safety, and Scott, you'll play nickel. 
and that's how they're handling that right now. Speaking of Scott, you mentioned Carlson missing his field goals. How many points did the special teams cost Auburn the other night? Yeah, not great. I mean, I mean. Oh man, Scott! And I had just walked out of the media room and was standing beside the and, and below the uh, the cheerleaders or below the student section, looking down the east sideline, looking down the LSU sideline, and that punt was coming right at me, right. It's kind of, and, and I saw Keontae sprinting, and I was thinking, Peter, Peter, <laughs> do not try to catch that football. It was high, dude, and he was on a dead sprint. And, and mm, that's when it was that that was ball game for me. He he's got a lot of confidence as a punt returner, and as a young punt returner, that's probably not the best thing sometimes. And I was with you. I was standing there going, please don't. Try to catch that. Oh, it was yeah. I was thinking. I think I felt like I've talked about this earlier on the show. I don't know which show it was, but it was the call-in show, I believe. What's today? Tuesday? I don't even know what today is. Today's Thursday. Yeah. But uh, so you had that turnover, which resulted in a touchdown. Yeah. No, no, no. no, no. So they Auburn actually got forced. Yeah, they got the ball back, didn't they? Ball back. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Auburn turned around and forced a fumble. That's right. My fault. My fault. They get, they got the ball back, and it was that. I got to tell you, that's when I – y'all were thinking about that, that muff punt, and all I can think about from that game was Brian Kelly's making how much money? And they got – after that muff punt, they got five and a half, six yards on first down. There's five minutes left in the game. I think I told Cole this. They snapped the next play with 22 seconds left on the play clock at a point where LSU should have been trying to run the, you know, run the clock down. Shorten the game. Yeah, they, they like hurriedly – they, they hurried it a little bit, and, and it ended up being a disaster. The guy fumbles, and Auburn gets it back, and it almost costs LSU the game. So, so all I can think about is, boy, that Brian Kelly, I mean, that, this is supposed to be one of the geniuses of the sport here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And, so uh, Auburn gets the ball back, right? Yeah. And I'm like, well, hell, I'm, I'm going to walk to the other end of the end zone and watch this drive. Like, this could be the one, right? Yeah. This is this is it right here. Before I could even get down there, <laughs> wasn't that the the that was, pick? Yeah, I think so. Pick six. Yeah. Yep. So I just turned right around <laughs> and walked back to the media room. That, uh, well, it would have been a pick six, but Robbie Ashford. Oh, he decked his ass. That's no, right. No, no, it was uh, Zaire, wasn't it? Oh, no, you're talking – okay, never mind. I know what There were so many turnovers. Yeah, I remember well, – like, At a certain point, you lose track of them. But, right. yeah, I was thinking of the Jets' week or more interception. And, by the way, on that, if you, I don't know if you rewatched it or maybe you saw it in real time. I didn't see it in real time from the press box, but rewatching it. Dude, that tackle Robbie had, he put that dude's oh, yeah. helmet in the ground. That guy came up with a, a big chunk. Turf. 
in his helmet. I, I give Robbie credit. He was pissed about that one. He's how many did he end up throwing for? How, how many yards did Robbie end up passing for? Three, 40. Hold on, I got it right here. I mean, we can agree while Cole's looking that up. We can agree he's the guy you can forward, right? Yep. Say that again, Keith. 337. We can agree Robbie's the guy you got to go with moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, is it even a question anymore? Well, that's funny because I think last week or the week before, I thought just – and I asked this question. I don't know if it was here or elsewhere. Who gives you a better chance to win? Is it T.J. Finley? And at that point, I think – at that point, we were thinking Finley would give Auburn the best chance to win. I don't believe that anymore. And listen, it took – if I were to say that it took T.J. Finley – gave. Uh, Auburn the best chance to win. Something was wrong because I've uh, <laughs> I've said from the get go he ain't the guy. I, and, 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 no disrespect to him personally. I have a, I have a sneaking uh, suspicion when Finley gets healthy again, we are going to see both of them. I have I mean, nothing. I, don't I have nothing to back that At up. this point, I don't really care. Are you talking about prospects? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dynamite drop in there, Justin. Thanks. Oh, my goodness. Prospects, Cole. Cole got in last week, man. Hit big, didn't you, big dog? I did. I did. What, sure did. Did you go three for three on your picks? So you, yeah, I went three for – you got the option on there. You can do the – where you can – if you get two out of three, it's like a lesser win. Right. If you can choose that option. I went with the – I went for it all. I did the three you got to hit all three, and it's a bigger win, and I hit all three. So, I think it was it's five-to-one payout on the yeah. three, and then on yeah. a two, it's like two-and-a-half maybe. I think so. But if, you're, if, if you've been under a, a rock in the last few weeks, man, we've been playing prize picks, sponsoring the show. We appreciate them for sure. Let me get my helmet, man. Prize picks. <laughs> prize picks. It's really fun, dude. Uh, a, lot, a lot of fun. Um, prize picks. It's a daily fantasy. Pick them. You're picking against the numbers, and you're you're basically saying just more or less. They yep. give you a number. Tank Bigsby last week, his rushing total was 64 and a half, and we all took less except for Keith. Yeah. So Keith was our lone loser. He had, I hear that he had a lot. 45, 45 yards, which was about what he had the week before. 45 yards, which is about what he's been averaging, right? Mm, yep. Besides your two other games. Yeah. But hey, prospects is the best way to have action on the game in states like Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, over seventy percent of the US. Even in Canada, man. Even in Canada, eh? Hey. You pick two to five players and if the if they score more or less, you pick more or less and if they if they hit, man, you win a percentage. You can win up to ten times your money on any entry. And prospects right now has a big promotion going with uh with Auburn Live. Uh, right now, they will match up to 100%, up to $100 deposit. So get on there, hit that War Eagle pro- promo code, all caps, one word, War Eagle. They will match you up to $100, 100%. Deposit 100 bucks, they'll make it two. A lot of fun. This week, they have yet to set the over uh, the more or less on any Auburn games. But I liked, uh, we got Daniel Carlson. Speaking of Anders, let's go to uh, Daniel, the... Uh, the guy who's playing for the Las Vegas is it Las Vegas now? Yeah, Las Vegas yeah. Raiders. He will play on Monday Night Football against Patrick Mahomes and the uh, the KC Chiefs. Are you going to 
this one, this one, I'm I'm playing this pick because right now they've got Carlson more or less one and a half field goals on Monday Night Football. So is he going to kick one, zero, or will he kick two or more? Yeah, he he's uh he's been on my fantasy team this year, and let me just tell you, he's been getting me some points. So it may not be a bad bet to go more here. You know, it's going to be a shootout, right? Yeah, I mean, any game with KC is a shootout. Sure. I, I I think more. I think I he's going to kick it, kick at least two. I don't think the Raiders have the star power offense to to hang with them, so they're probably going to have to kick a few field goals, right? Well, as long as they're not going for it, <laughs> so, in, in, you know, in, inside the field goal range, like on fourth and ten, like going for it on fourth and ten from midfield. Also, since we're fresh off of a Jaden Daniels passing performance, speaking of which we were talking about earlier, his five yards in the second half, and then they even brought in old Messingberger, or what's his name? Messinghouse? Nussmeyer. That's what I said. <laughs> Jaden Daniels. Okay, LSU-Tennessee this weekend. I, look, I think Tennessee will blow them out. I, I, what's the line on that, Zach, in the back? Any any idea? The Jaden Daniels passing yardage against Tennessee, 219 and a half. Uh, seems like you could probably take the less on that. I don't think he can. Yeah, Tennessee minus three from it's Zach. Not, really? It's not great. I mean, they're all is that game in Baton Rouge? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, eleven a.m. LSU's. It gets overlooked a little bit. Their defense is not great. Okay. Okay. Actually, uh, I don't know if y'all saw my board post on the corner. I took LSU in an upset. I, I pick an upset every week, and that was mine this week. So I'm trying not to use oh, any really? rhyme and reason. I'm, if you use rhyme and reason with that these days, I think you're going to lose. I'm I'm trying to just go off the wall here with upsets. Is Alabama a heavy favorite? I think I saw somewhere it was like 24 over uh, A&M. They should be. Boy, A&M is struggling, son. That, that feels like the biggest revenge game ever, doesn't it? Well, there was like, yeah. you know all that off-season hype was just like the story of the summer, and then now we get to the game and A and M struggling. It's a twenty-four point uh, <laughs> line, and it's like you know, and Jimbo Fisher's out here saying good things about Nick Saban this week. I was like, what a coward! He's out here this week. Going, hey, Nick's a great coach, you know. I mean, we just I'm like, dude, two three months ago you were like, this dude dig into his past, dig into his past. Mm. <laughs> Come this week, Jimbo's like, great coach, man. Just one of the greatest ever, you know. Respect. Hey, and you mentioned Kayshawn Booty. Is that his name? Yeah, Booty. Might be Booty, but... but uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey he's he got three and a half receptions set for um, Tennessee. And with Justin saying that he's, he's very lackadaisical, right? Very nonchalant. I think I'm going to take the lesson less than that. Less than three and a half receptions. Malik Jayden, Neighbors is, is the go-to, right? Yeah, right now. Jaden uh, uh, Daniels threw for 80 yards against Auburn oh. this week. That was weird, man. Watching the uh, – sitting up in the press box, you could see – like, he was just off. And his receivers dropped. They probably dropped four or five passes. They, they didn't have to drop. But he was just a little off. Everything was just a little off. I don't, I don't know what was going on with him. Dude, Hendon Hooker, two ninety five and a half passing yards against LSU. Yeah, he's phenomenal. 
I know, mean, hell, if Robbie Asher threw for more than 300. Do you know who uh, Jaden Daniels targeted the most against Auburn? Who? Freshman tight end Mason Taylor had seven targets. Like Mason Taylor, yeah. He's been a good player. But even he had a couple drops. Yep. Can I say something about him? Keith, you should know that. What, what's that? Mason Taylor, son of? Jason no. Taylor. And and also, his, I think his mom is Zach... Zach, what was the guy's name? The great linebacker for the Dolphins? Zach Taylor? Thomas. Zach, Zach Thomas. His, I believe his mom is Zach Thomas's sister. What? No wonder he's a freaking good athlete. People no doubt. Yeah. Hey, by the way, speaking of, is it Hendon Hooker or Herndon Hooker? I always get it wrong. Hendon. Hendon. He, went to, he attended multiple Auburn games as a recruit and really <laughs> wanted Auburn to offer. And I don't, I, I'm pretty sure that offer never came. But he used to stand in the end zone with me before the game, and he was just this skinny little skinny little guy, man, like a lot of them are at that age. And the guys, uh, he keeps playing like he's playing, and I don't see how they keep him out of New York, to be honest with you. For the, yeah. I mean, the, oh, guy, the, yeah. the stats are just – you can't ignore the stats, really. Sure. And, and by the way – but <laughs> there's a, a couple quarterbacks out on the West Coast that are that may end up there as well before all is said and done. I think uh, you know, Caleb Williams and and that guy, but that guy Bo Nix is actually had a pretty doggone good four game stretch after getting the doors blown off by Georgia in Week One. It's amazing what happens when you have an offensive line. Well, he's only been sacked once this year. Oh, it's, it's the difference. I mean, you look at look at his sack. Yeah, his pressure percentage against what Auburn quarterbacks are giving us. It's, it's all the difference in the world. It's all the difference in the world, man. I was trying to look up Carlson, by the way. He's he's twelve for twelve this year. I was trying to go back because I thought I had seen a stat that he's yeah, made like. I think it's thirty in a row, Justin. Yeah, crazy stat. I, I, we just I didn't want to. Whatever. I thought. I oh was man. Last he's time incredible. we talked about him. Wasn't didn't. Wasn't there? Was it Daniel or Anders who had hit the most consecutive extra points? And then they talked about. I don't know. I didn't, well, it was it was Auburn as a program had set the national record for most PATs made in a row, and I think I think they broke the record and then missed the very next one or something like that. Yeah, I remember that. It was a couple years back, right? Yeah. Yeah, Anders. I mean, Daniel's been. <clears throat> 12 for 12 this year, 40 of 43 last year, 33 of 35 the year before. I mean, his last three, se- two and a half seasons, he's 94, 93, and 100%. That's just- well, and we talk about Auburn not having a lot of difference makers in the NFL right now, but you could have two or three or maybe even four all pro, all pros now, guys that are Auburn Auburn alums this year, which is pretty incredible. If Daniel keeps it up, I mean, obviously there's a long way to go, but when you talk about the me- the measurements early in the in the season, Mel Dean, Jonathan Jones, Daniel Carlson, and then obviously Carlton Davis uh, is, you know, as much as well respected as any of those guys. Yeah. Okay, right. I, I'm I'm going to finish up my prize picks yeah, here. Yeah. J- Jaden Daniels, more or less two nineteen and a half passing yards. We're going less. Less. Hendon Hooker, we're going to play Hendon here. He's got 37 and a half rushing yards. Is he a ru- is he a runner? Is he a track star? Not particularly. <laughs> Not particularly. Thanks for getting that, Cole. I did. I got it. Okay, I'm going less. And then I'm taking more. Daniel Carlson, one and a half field goals on Monday Night Football. Power play. You must hit three out of three. Three, if I hit it, five times, son. <clears throat> I'm going to go five. more on Hooker, Jeffrey. Okay, you play that. 
I don't think I'm going to play it, but I'm going more. <laughs> Jeffrey, I'm going more on uh, on Jaden Daniels too because I don't. Great think, day in the morning. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't think LSU. I don't think they got too much of a running game. It all comes from him. It does. And, and so I think I think you're going to probably see him get a few more passing yards this week. Okay, three picks to pay one hundred. I, I, it cost me twenty to play, and I win a hundred five to one. There it Not is. Not bad. Y'all, y'all go check out Prize Picks, man. Do- download the app. Use the promo code War Eagle, all caps, one word. Play along with us up to a hundred dollars uh, match, hundred percent match up to a hundred bucks. Can't beat it. Prize, um, prize picks. If you pick five, so if you you said if you pick five and get them all, you get five times your money. Oh no, that's th- that's three. Three, three, three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me. Let, let, hell, I'll, I'll do. Uh, you, we'll, we'll keep going. I'll, I'll see how much the five pays. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good little system there. You can, you can get a lot of bang for your buck. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Let's see, dude. It's ten to one. If you do five, yeah, twenty dollar. Play wins two hundred, and again, this is more or less, more or less for Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Jacoby Brissett, or college guys. I just pulled these up because it was the first thing I said. So yeah, ten to one for five. The one that looks like a looks like a, I don't know, what do I know? Looks like a gimme is Anthony Richardson, mm-hmm. two twenty seven more or less passing yards than Missouri. I would go less. He hasn't he? He's not been that great, and Missouri's defense clearly isn't isn't that bad. Like that seems like he's going to go mm. less than that. Anyway, that's just one that stuck out. He's a difficult guy to read because I think he had 450 something passing yards just against Tennessee. Yeah, he had one game that he hadn't like the other three combined. <laughs> so you know you don't need speech from him. I, I, I would personally put the uh, more or less for Tank Bigsby rushing yards. I'm just going to throw this out there. Let's talk about it. Tank Bigsby at 42.5 against Georgia. I'd I, I go under. That's right at the average, isn't it? What's that? But, I mean, yeah. against Georgia? What dude, is this? And, and with Brandon Council running his mouth? Oh. I, I don't know that Auburn will score. No Jalen Carter, though, for Georgia, right? I mean, that's arguably the best player on the yeah. roster. <clears throat> they might be without um, Smile, Smile, however you say his name, Mundus. Oh, I remember Smile. Yeah. He's been real good for them. T-Wheel wanted him. Yeah, everybody. He was, he was the man. They might be saving these guys for bigger games. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Dude. What's the number? <laughs> Waiting for homecoming. Uh, that I threw out. Yeah. What's the tank? Well, yeah. What was your number? I threw out forty-two and a half. God, I- I'm gonna take the over. I mean, I, I mean, at some point, something. I mean, Robbie's doing so many things right now. At some point, the focus is gonna be solely on him on a play, and Tank's gonna break loose. And I keep saying it every week. It's gonna have to happen sooner or later. He's just not the big home run threat that I thought he, he was. Um, no, he did right. have a big run in the fourth quarter on that last drive. Tank did. Um, and then the interception happened. But uh, his average this year, you know, counting Mercer where he had 147, is actually 65 yards per game. So depressing. 
<laughs> it is, isn't it? Tank big. I mean, to have a guy that's got that kind of ability that uh, – and I'll give Tank credit <clears throat> from, from watching him this year. You know, I think – I think his attitude is very different. Like I was talking to people this summer and um, we, we wrote about it. Saw him at media days in Atlanta. Um, he, he's matured a lot. He's matured a lot. And, and I give him a little bit of credit. I don't see a ton of bad body language from him. I mean, even on runs that are, I mean, the guy could be, the guy could be really pissed and even right. on runs that aren't happening, whatever he, he gets up, throws the ball, goes to the next ball. I mean, he's frustrated. He gets frustrated on the sidelines. I've, I've seen some of that and, and that's to be expected, but I don't see a ton of bad body language. It could be worse. It, considering a player like him that comes back and is literally not have has nowhere to run, um, it could be it could be worse with him. What's interesting <clears throat> was Tank's calling card was kind of the fact that he can break tackles and get yards after contact. Well, who did that in the LSU game? Jarquez Hunter. <laughs> so. They everybody kind of looked at Jarquez as sort of the speedier guy, but now he's he's running over people and breaking tackles, you know, just as good as Tank has been. I, I've actually pitched the question: Who's the better running back? Mm. It, and if it's and if it's even a debate, is it a debate? I don't think it is. You think you don't even think it's close? No, uh, no. I mean, Jarquez had a good game, but if you go back and look, that's like his first good game against quality competition, like at Auburn. I mean, he has it. I mean, he had a good game, but I still, all things been equal, give me Tank. All day. yeah, I, I would say that too. Yeah, me too. I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to crown him number one. Yeah, but it's. A, I think it's a discussion. I was trying to look up Tank. I mean, it's just his numbers. Yeah, I mean, he, he had 164 yards against South Carolina last last year. Um, and again against Power Five competition, wow. that's it. I mean, Ole Miss, he had 140. Um. Who are you talking about, Tank? Tank, but I mean, really, like this is how bad that line. I mean, you go back to last year, he had 27 against LSU, 28 against Georgia, 68 against Arkansas, big game against Ole Miss with 140. Then he came back and had 70 against A&M, 41 against Mississippi State, 164 against South Carolina, 63 against Bama, 96 against Houston. He had a good game there. <clears throat> and then you look at the, the three game Missouri, Penn State, and, and LSU this year, nothing. I mean, it's just like. Against Power Five competition, Auburn cannot run the football straight up. Knowing that Auburn's struggling to run the football and knowing all that, what would you say is a appropriate um, uh, average carries per game for Tank? What would y'all say? And I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> well, the only thing I think they should do more of is I, I just think I think he should get more carries, and I don't I don't I don't understand him. And, Jarquez splitting carries. I mean, you're not running the ball 50 times. I don't really get why you're splitting those those carries. Up. Tank's a guy that should get to me should get 90% of the carries, if not more, and you hope that you break one. Um, so I I don't know what his carries is. Right? Are you talking about this season, Cole? Or yeah, I got his I got his this season average for carries per game. Right. My now. My, my number one running back would average 20 carries a game. Right now he is averaging 12. Just under fourteen, so thirteen point eight. Yeah. That's not enough. Carries that that doesn't count catches, and he's got some catches too. But and that goes to splitting. It's not. It's not them not running. I, I, I still get that question on how much is Jarquez averaging? How many is Jarquez averaging? Give me, give me one so second. let's see how many of those top two running backs are averaging oh, per game, and how, and what the split be, is. 
Yeah, it's going to be around Maybe six Donald's or seven. Donald's family. Probably six or seven, something like that, the most. So around 20. And Tank's getting 65%. Yeah, 6.8. So just so about seven, seven plus 13 of Tank's. That's 20 carries a game they're giving to the running backs, the top two running backs. And Tank's getting 65% of them. Yep. I just don't. I don't. I just don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Tank's literally, I mean, Tank, we know, there's no question. Tank is one of the best at breaking tackles in college football. Like he was last year, he was this year. You know that because the line doesn't block and he still gets yards. Like it's it's just not even in question. And so you know you have the struggles and why you well, sure Tank has all those carries is just, it, it's beyond, it's beyond me. It blows my mind. I'll tell you what was interesting to me. I had a good conversation and I was actually – where I was standing on the field, all the recruits piled onto the field because that's just what the atmosphere was. I mean, it was like, we got to be into this. You know, they didn't want to sit in the stands anymore. If they had the option to be on the field, they were going to be there. And they all had their shakers and whatnot. And I was standing next to 2024 receiver from Phoenix City, Cameron Coleman, um, who is definitely rising in the ranks right now. And talked to him a good while. And, and he mentioned to me, you know, man, I really love – Auburn's offense, they throw it a lot. I was going, you know what they do? They do throw it a lot. That's crazy to me. You got, and I, I'm of the opinion that Jarquez Hunter does need some carries, maybe not as many, you know, cutting into tanks, but I think they just need to run the ball more, per, personally, even with the offensive line. So I was like, hmm, you're right. They do throw the ball probably 70% of the time. And you know what? I almost, um, I would say 90% of the turnovers Auburn's committed this year has been a result of a quarterback interception or fumble. Like, how many yeah. – turnovers is what's killing Auburn's offense. Has all season. Yeah. And it's not coming through the running game. Mm-mm. You're right. All right. Auburn, Georgia, minus 30. Over and under 49.5, according to Zach in the back. Which, just think about that. Just think about that. Over and under 49 and a half, the spread's 30. So they're predicting like a 42 to 7. <laughs> That's the kind of beat down that we're – not like a 30 and it's going to be, you know, Georgia's going to score 50. I mean, they're, they're like, well, Auburn's really not going to score. So it's really just how many points is Georgia going to score and then we'll make the spread about that. Um, I, I don't know. It, part, of me, part of me thinks – Another week of, of Robbie Ashford getting all the reps, you know, is there is it possible to have a little bit more in the offense? But, boy, it's, it's, it's hard to expect much. First road game, first road start for Robbie in his career, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine um, them going out and scoring more than 14 points. It's just even if they don't turn it over, even if they play pretty clean, it's, it's hard to imagine them going over – um, going over 14 points, and we know that they shoot themselves to the foot. Maybe they only make one turnover, have a few penalties, but it's hard to imagine them scoring more than 14. They haven't scored more than 10 in Athens since 2009. Generally, when they go to Athens, it's a beatdown. It's just an absolute – 2009 is the last time they went there. It was somewhat competitive. That was the – I don't know if people remember that game. That was – Auburn had a chance in that game. Chris Todd threw to Mario Fannin. Um, like right at the goal line, and Fannin got jacked. Mm. And it was incomplete on fourth down. Oh um, yeah. <clears throat> but 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 I mean, really, the past five times it's just been absolute beatdowns. So it's it's hard to not think it doesn't turn out turn into another thirty-seven to six game. 
I mean, I, there's nothing. Again, it's like we talk about this. We we are in this balance of trying to be trying to be optimistic, trying to be, but there's just no real evidence to point to to say, here's why Auburn can, you know, with five minutes in the third quarter, is Auburn in this football game? I don't like. There's nothing I could point Hell to no. during the game. I mean, there's just. I'll start it off. I got I got Georgia forty-one to ten. Ooh. I've got Auburn scoring um, maybe late, basically when the when the game's out of reach. Uh, I just I don't think Auburn's going to score at all. Maybe a field goal against Georgia's first team. I just don't see it happening. I think it's going to be a over by halftime. And it was two years ago, right? I mean, didn't they go in there and it was just an absolute? Wasn't Bo just running for his life? Two years ago, it was, it was that was the worst loss I've ever seen. <laughs> it was it was bad, bad, bad. And the, and uh, you remember, remember how, how you remember how deadly Georgia controlled the line of scrimmage last year in Jordan Hare? That was the second worst loss I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't and, just like there's there's one game every year where the offensive line just misses every assignment in pass protection, and that was the one for Auburn this year. It was Penn State. <laughs> And you hope Robbie Asher comes out of there only a little gimpy. I was supposed to say in one piece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be whew, he's gonna be running for his running for his life. He's gonna be and he might have a game of total yardage, you know, just he, he might have a you might look at his numbers and go, not bad, just because running and throwing, you know, he could he could end up just sort of having to do a lot. He's gonna be beat up after this game. Who's going to throw in a prediction? Right, I'll go. go ahead, okay. Keith. All right. Uh, I'll say 31 Georgia, uh, 13 Auburn. Uh, yeah, Georgia, the last two weeks, you know, after playing great against Oregon and then playing great against South Carolina, Georgia's kind of come back down to earth a little bit. Now, uh, obviously, Kent State and Missouri aren't the marquee names that Georgia would get up for, but Missouri was an SEC game, and quite frankly, they could have very easily lost that game. Okay, there was a fourth down conversion where somebody false started and the officials missed it, and Georgia converted and scored a touchdown, I think, to mm-hmm. take the lead. So Georgia sort of has done a little backtracking, and Stetson Bennett's coming off arguably his worst game in a long time. They're starting to get uh, a little bit of injury bug as well. Jalen Carter not playing, I think, is significant. I still don't think Auburn has too much of a chance to win, but I think it could be a game that's – Fairly competitive, so 31-13, I will say, with a big player, too, from Ashford, although he's going to be, you know, B.J. Ojolari is a good, a good edge rusher, but I'm not sure he's Nolan Smith, Cole. I mean, you can, you can answer that question. Um, so he's going to be running a lot, but he can make some plays, and, and I could see him busting one, so 31-13. Um, Zach? Sorry, I'm just – no, Zach's is, Zach's, yeah, Zach's, not, Zach's really optimistic. Zach in the back's super. He's super optimistic about this game. I'm not disagreeing with him Jeez. at all. Zach says 52 to 13 Georgia. <laughs> You're giving him too much credit, Zach. Oh my gosh. There's they there's one me. there's one big uh, thing I'm looking at here, and I'm not saying I, my prediction is Georgia wins by a couple touchdowns. Um, I I mean my score prediction I, I think will be 28 to seven. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I think Auburn's defense secondary is good enough to keep it a low-scoring game. And Stetson Bennett might struggle. You know, the receivers are sort of – I think A.D. Mitchell 
was out last week. Big receiver for them might still be a little bit banged up. That's another thing. The the fact that Georgia has only gotten five sacks as a team is wild to me. I would have never expected that stat. And if you have a guy like Robbie Ashford who can get away from pressure at times, maybe that's something that could keep Auburn in it longer than what we think. Uh, but I'll just go I'll go 28-7 and say low scoring but never close kind of game. Yeah, never close meaning you, you never feel like Auburn's you know, no, to, there's never a point where you feel like Auburn's got any momentum. Yeah, that's the only thing I'm curious to see, and I, I, I you know, I, I don't think Auburn wins this game. I don't, I don't know what kind of set of circumstances would have to happen for Auburn to be competitive. More on Georgia's side, it, it is curious. I don't, obviously, I don't follow them week in a week out, so I don't know, but you know, it is interesting the way that Missouri game went, and it is interesting. Some of the and I, Cole, I was looking up some of that stuff earlier this week too. Like some of their defensive stats, I'm expecting to see, you know, they're one two in the nation, and yeah. they're good. They're top twenty, you yeah. know, top twenty five. But they're not. They weren't like I'm looking up whether it's tackles for loss or whatever, and they're like maybe 18th or 20th, and that's good. But for them, it's not you know one two three four five like they normally are. So I am interested to see if what happened against Missouri. Was that just a fluke, or is there some kind of chink with them? Not that I don't know. Not that Auburn could take advantage of it, but uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just it's more interesting on the Georgia side to see like was last week just some fluky thing, or you know, we could see. I mean, does Auburn is there actually is there actually something on film that um, that's an issue with them that Auburn actually you know could somehow take advantage of to to somewhat keep it close in the first half? I don't know. Pass rush. That was that's why Brady Cook he he was able to extend plays and find guys open on almost scramble routes most of the time. Yeah, that was the thing. So. I think it's a interesting game for Ashford, <clears throat> just because you start to think about we don't know what the future is going to hold. Look, coaching change, court transfers. We I have no idea who's going to be in that quarterback room in the spring. No clue. No. <laughs> but I mean, I'm you know, if you you know Robbie, if he keeps playing and and he's a guy that. If he keeps playing and stays the guy, he could want to stick around. You know, he might not want to leave Auburn if he if he comes he's, he's home. So I'm so in that regard, I'm curious to see his development and see if he can kind of make some strides because he could be a guy that sticks around in the spring. And so you want to start looking at him and seeing little flashes of of brilliance from him. This will be an interesting game just to see. Hey, you're super raw still, but like, what does it look like, Robbie Ashford against elite elite defense? What does that look like? Yeah. You know, is it a total disaster, or does he show some things where you're like, huh? You know, the same way Bo did. Bo, Bo would show those flashes. So, mm-hmm. anything else? What was your score, Justin? Oh, uh, <laughs> probably. I was gonna say like, I was gonna say maybe, maybe, maybe thirty-one ten, Georgia, which would make Auburn covering, but. Well, every um, Auburn's covered this year. They haven't yet. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, yeah, so, so y'all are so y'all are taking uh, the points. Zach and I are given. Me and Zach yeah. thinks it's going to be a blowout. Yeah, it, it very well could be, but like, there's a there's a, the only part of me that's saying not is it's one of those games where everybody is so dismissive about it that it's like one of those games where you're like, Georgia did almost just lose to Missouri. You know, like that did happen, and so you're wondering if it's 
are we being too dismissive of it? Um, you know, are we being too thirty a thirty point spread? Man, that's like that's embarrassing for Auburn. That's embarrassing. I mean, that's just that's pitiful. But we'll see how it goes. Um, I guess be at AuburnLive.com on Friday. Big day of recruiting news and and uh, war room and. Can't wait, can't wait to read what Rob's got to say. It's gonna be, it's gonna be. Uh, I think that's gonna be interesting. Um, <laughs> anything else, Keith? You want to add before we go? No, no. But I was just thinking while you were talking about Robbie Ashford, I thought, oh my God, I, I, this thought just popped into my head. One way or another, he might be playing for Hugh Freeze next year. Yeah, hmm. I could, I could see that happening. You know what I mean? Oh, interesting. No you know. Oh, yeah. Does if Freeze isn't isn't Auburn's coach, does he go after? Or, well, you can't go after a guy. You know what I mean? They got to be in the portal first, but supposedly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I, I got to tell you, I, I just just my final thought is I I I I do think Robbie has made unbelievable strides, and that's a guy I'm really pulling for. And uh, he showed a lot of guts last week. He showed a lot of courage, um, a lot of play, and a lot of great football. And uh, unfortunately, he put the ball on the ground that one play inside the red zone. Uh, that really cost Auburn, but I thought overall he, it's something you can build on as, as a quarterback, as an offense, as a team. Um, I just the schedule just is not favorable right now, especially with the overall talent that Auburn has. But I, I like where Robbie's headed, and uh, I, in a loss, I thought he did. What, what are you laughing? At? I thought he did great. No, I did. I just I'm just I'm thinking like this is the, literally what we said about Bo Nix against like Oregon. And, you know, his first year. It's the same, super athletic, made some plays. Boy, you could see the potential. It's the same conversation. And it, well, you know, and, and, but, but Justin, maybe, maybe we were right about Bo Nix because he, I, at last check he was leading the country in completion yeah. percentage. It just took a while to get there. It just took a while to get there, yeah. It took a while to get there. Mm. It's just, yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get out of here. Um AuburnLive.com, go subscribe, 50% off, be a part of the uh, of the community. Appreciate Keith Cole, Jeffrey joining us. Um, hope everybody has an awesome weekend. We'll catch everybody next week to talk about this one and Ole Miss and maybe a coaching change. Who knows? All right, everybody, we'll see you. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700. 
1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.